Education is a man-made organization. Learning is a natural human occurrence. Education is like a robot and learning is like a brain. You could say education is like a building while learning is like a tree. One is artificial, the other is natural. A quick plug for my favorite nonprofit organization, Operation Underground Railroad. They um, not only advocate for uh, rescuing children from sex slavery um, in domestic and foreign lands, but they also help to educate people and they um, recently came out with courses and resources for parents to learn about how um, pedophiles groom kids or in other words warm up to talking with um, underage uh, kids and teens um, online in order to meet up and sexually exploit them and they don't even have to meet up physically to sexually exploit them so you can learn more about that at um, OURRescue.org, OURRescue.org, and how you can help your kids and educate yourself to help your kids uh, prevent being from being groomed online without you knowing. Thanks for staying with me for this first season, which is now complete, and um, I hope you've been finding some enlightenment or uh, some things to think about at least for um, the future of, of education. Um, I figured this would be a good time to kind of review things that I've gone over in the first season and some first principles that um, we should have in mind that I think are not talked about nearly enough in the education system. Why don't I think they're talked about nearly enough? Because everyone is working in a different paradigm. Different schools are working in different paradigms. Different um, ed tech organizations are working in different paradigms. Different, you know, the edu the um, uh, school board, U.S. School Board of Education, is working in a different paradigm. And so, and and parents want you know want things that are misaligned with uh, what's being provided um, all across the board. And and so there's this huge mis misalignment. And and I feel like. Um, if we can all get on the same page, that's the very first and most important thing that we need to do. So the first episode, um, I think is the most important episode because of that. I talk about the purpose of school, at least the main purpose of school, because school has multiple purposes, but the main purpose of school is to get a good job. And before I kind of get into these first principles about education, we have to distinguish education from learning because I'm going to go over a couple of first principles of education and then I'm going to go over a couple of first principles for learning. So education is not learning. Education is an organization that we created to systematize learning. Now, that's not bad. Systematizing learning is not bad, but we have to do it in a way that coincides with the first principles of this natural organic process or occurrence that is learning. And right now it's not completely like that. So 
this is what I'm going to propose. Education is this machine where, or this place, or this organization, or, or this system where we can foster learning, okay? So, um, to what end? Because now learning can happen in many different ways. You can learn, um, you know, to play a musical instrument. You can learn to access or activate different parts of your brain or connect different parts of your brain, right? You can um, write poetry. You can learn how to make songs. You can learn how to uh, do things in tech. You can learn photography. You can learn science. You can learn tons of different things. You can learn how to communicate. You can learn how to socialize. You can learn um, how to uh, interview people. You, you, tons of things. You can learn how to start a business. You can learn many things. You can learn how to paint. Um, but in this system we're going to call education or this organization that we're going to call education, what exactly is the type of learning we're going to have, have happen? Well, if you trace this chain of education, the chain of education all the way down to the end, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, all the way up to 12th grade, then college, then after college, college, you know, high school is even the end of some people, but let's just say the average person goes to college. After college, after all of that education from five years old, all the way up to 20, 20 something years old, what is it that you want to get, get out of it? A good job. Yes, you're thankful for the music lessons you've probably gained along the way. You're thankful for the, the parties and the recess time and you're thankful for the um, fun facts, you know, of um, irrelevant subject areas, subject matter, you know, a uh, bunch of abstract math. You, you know, you could be thankful for those things along the way. But the main thing you want at the end of the day is not to have learned Y equals MX plus B. The main thing that you want at the end of the day is a good job. I think nobody will fight back on that. So the very first principle of this educational system is to foster learning to qualify for a good job. Now, what's a good job? A good job is basically a job that helps the human race move forward or that benefits the human race and somehow. And that a, job, a good job pays your bills, keeps you financially stable. And a good job is a place where you feel fulfilled working. You like working there. It's not a dead-end job that you don't like working at. A good job is something where you feel good going to on, a, on a, a regular basis. I'm not saying you can't have your bad days, but you're you're proud to work there. You're happy to work there, and you feel good. That's a good job. If you feel like you're working in a, in a job, let's say, I don't know, I feel like accountants always get the, the short end of the stick here, but... Um, you know, lots, plenty of people love being accountants. I have one of my best friends is an accountant. Um, if you're an accountant and you feel like you're in a, you pays the bills, you're benefiting the human race, but you don't feel fulfilled working there, then it's not a good job in my book. So that's just to kind of put things clear. That's a good job. Not only does it, but if you, if you're working somewhere where you love working there, but it doesn't pay the bills, it's not a good job either. It could be benefiting the human race somehow, but if it doesn't pay your bills, it's not a good job even though you love working there. So that's kind of a way just to kind of paint the picture of what I mean by good job. So the education organization, this man-made system, is to help us learn so that we can get the skills and knowledge to qualify for a good job. 
Okay. Now, there are other purposes of education, which I'll get into in the next season. And I'll have these seasons just every 10 episodes. So that's why this is the end of the first season. So learning is a natural occurrence that has its own set of first principles. Okay. There are principles that govern this natural experience we call learning. And there are principles that govern this man-made organization we call education. So now shifting over to learning, now that we've established that education is a place where we want to foster learning to get a good job, how can we leverage the natural learning that takes place in order to help kids and eventually young adults in college to qualify for a good job? Well, one, they need a desire to learn. And if you've ever tried to teach somebody anything, you have to know, especially kids uh, in, a, in a school or at large, you have to know you're going to run into this eventually. You can't force someone to learn. Even if I sit down and let's say I'm even screaming to you and I'm saying, this is the way this is. And, you know, I don't know why I always go to some math thing, but you know, I feel confident in math, just some Y equals MX plus B something. Um, you know, Y equals MX plus B. X and Y are the inputs of this point on a graph. And then the M is the slope and B is the Y intercept and this and that. And I can explain it all I want. But if the kid or if the adult, whoever it is I'm trying to teach is not want, is not having it, is not wanting to learn, they are never going to learn. You can never force someone to activate their brain cells to think about this concept unless they want to learn it. Okay. So first and foremost... Learning does not happen unless the door opens. They have to open the door of their mind. They have to turn on the ignition of their motor in their head in order to a desire to learn, in order for even to start learning. Okay. Principle, that's principle number one. Principle number two, how can we activate that is the question, that desire to learn. Well, one way is by leveraging intrinsic motivation as opposed to extrinsic motivation. Because within, by leveraging intrinsic motivation, you will always elicit a better response. You'll elicit better performance from the child, from the learner, whoever, whatever age they are. So what are some ways we can elicit or bring out intrinsic motivation? How can we make somebody want to do this thing? Well, how can we make somebody want to learn biology? You can't. How can we make somebody want to learn y equals mx plus b or the quadratic formula? You can't. You can't want them. No, you can't you can't make them have intrinsic motivation is what I mean. You can extrinsically motivate them with maybe social rewards or um, candy or uh, some type of, you know, maybe even their parents may be extrinsically motivating them by pressuring them or, you know, uh, by punishments if they don't. But you can't ever instill intrinsic motivation in someone unless, you, and so, so since that's the case, then what does govern intrinsic motivation? Let me say two things. One, relevance. And uh, a good example is, you know, when someone's having a baby, 
you're never intrinsically motivated to most people are not in most women are not intrinsically motivated to find out how the whole process is of having a baby until you're actually having a baby until it's relevant to you most people are not willing to learn how to do anything unless it's relevant to them you know most if you try and teach seven and eight year olds second and third graders maybe fourth graders about how to take care of acne they're probably not going to care or they're probably you know maybe they may think it's kind of funny or disgusting or something um but they're not going to be intrinsically motivated to learn this and and remember it and try and understand the process and what's going on however you teach it to a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds they're going to be paying lots of attention because they want to get rid of their acne it's relevant to them okay so that's one thing that can help elicit intrinsic motivation another thing that you can help elicit intrinsic motivation is ownership ownership of what ownership of their learning what does that mean here's my radical idea ownership of what content they learn now i'm not saying that we should allow kids in our school systems to just learn how to sew for you know because that's what they're intrinsically motivated about and they're not intrinsically motivated about anything else except learning how to sew we have to leverage these things within the scope of helping kids get a good job you see how this is relevant now you see how the getting a good job is very vital for this whole process it's this balance of how can we get elicit this intrinsic motivation from kids and also help them get a good job make sure that they're intrinsically motivated to a point where we can guide them to getting a good job because that's the purpose of this machine this system this organization we've created okay so maybe if they're really interested into yarn sure they can do the whole yarn thing but then maybe we require them to do something like entrepreneurship or learn something about you know in terms of entrepreneurship you want to do yarn you're going to learn how to, you're going to need to learn how to get a good job doing yarn or if it's not if you don't like entrepreneurship you're going to have to pick something else and then we obviously provide as an education system lots of options and paths to take and and you know this is where it can get complex and it's going to need a lot of minds and creative creative thinking to figure out how we can organize this educational system to adapt and be flexible to the organic process that is learning it and the different and adapt to the dozens and probably hundreds of different interests you'll encounter in just one average uh school whether it be elementary school middle school or high school i think that's a, a worthwhile effort to to think creatively about and, and to attempt to do the third principle in learning is natural is that we learn faster and better with resources so we learn faster and better with resources so you can be intrinsically motivated and have the desire to learn but you won't learn as fast as somebody else who has the resources or more resources than you so let's say i have a desire desire to learn tech or to learn how to program let's say program apps code apps i have desire to learn and have intrinsic motivation and so does uh, somebody else who lives in, in a different place that doesn't have the resources well i'm obviously going to learn better i'm going to learn more and i'm going to learn faster because i have the resources so scaffolding the learning is uh, something that our brains are, are very adept to 
uh, clinging onto. And it's something that we're able to, it's a, a springboard for our brains to learn more and to learn faster and to learn better. What are these resources? It could, you know, going off the tech idea, if I want to learn how to code apps and I'm a third grader, I can, you know, uh, be provided resources of, you know, a laptop, you know, access to um, uh, learning softwares or access to a teacher who is willing to teach me or at least tutor me every once in a while and, and give me resources to either learn on my own and check in with me every once in a while. These are the resources that we that learners need. We're naturally um, able to learn with other people, from other people, and with resources that, that we're given. Tools for our learning. And I talked a little bit about Vygotsky's theory of uh, proximal development, zone of proximal development. The zone of proximal development is enough handicap or enough teaching where we're not being spoon-fed every single little thing, but the teacher is far enough away from the, the learner where the learner has to think for himself or herself. And by thinking and discovering by himself or herself, the learning will mean more and it will stick more. That's what a good learner is. So that's the zone of proximal development. Not too close and not too far but just in that zone where they're right there. Like I'm teaching my baby how to walk right now. I, I don't want to be holding his hands and balancing him the whole time, but I don't want him to be walking by himself because he's going to fall every step. But he can, he can if I just hold on to one hand, I can give and, and take a little bit and he'll kind of balance a little bit on his own. And that's the zone of proximal development where I help a little bit, not too much where I'm spoon feeding him every step, but I just give him just enough for him to be learning on his own to the point where he can do it on his own eventually where, where I don't have my hands at all. That's the zone of proximal development. I think some people use the zone of proximal development in some other ways and, and, and whatnot. I think that's you know misleading. Um, uh, let me see. I, I can't even think of the examples. I just see some examples online. I'm like, that's not the zone of proximal development. But um, it's basically giving and being not too close, not too far for the learner to be learning by himself or herself. So those are the first principles in this uh, season that I've been go going over. One, education. One, uh, some for education and some for learning. For education, very first principle. Bottom line, the only non-negotiable is to help students get a good job. If education doesn't help students get a good job, education is completely, well, 99%, I would say, worthless. All the rest of the learning can be good, but... Honestly, if everyone knew that going to school would not help you get a good job, nobody would be in school. For learning, the three first principles that I named were, one, you have to desire to learn. Two, you have to have intrinsic motivation to learn the best in the best way possible. And some ways to foster intrinsic motivation are to provide ownership and relevance. And three, learning happens best when we have resources when we have people teaching us, when we have tools made to us. And by these people helping us, we're not reinventing the wheel every time, but we're standing on the shoulders of giants because learning is a human process and it requires humans. So let's make education more human.
Thanks for listening to this first season. This is a milestone for this podcast, and thanks for being uh, sticking with it all the way to this episode number 10. If you have any questions or comments about anything that I've talked about, you can feel free to comment on my Twitter at ChrisSchool3000, as well as the Instagram, uh, ChrisSchool3000. And if you or anyone you know is interested in artificial intelligence teachers and creating systems that can answer student questions and communicate with students, you can contact me via those uh, Twitter and Instagram profiles as well. Thanks.